Welcome back to another episode of Xtreme. My name is Zach, and um, still, I guess I'm still here alone today. Um, gotta figure out something to talk about. Um, uh, hey, Zach. Oh, Joey! Joey, you're back! Yeah, what's up? Oh, thank God. I was worried I had to think of something other than <laughs> Mega Man to talk about. Fucking throw that shit off the desk. Great. All right. Let's get back to Mega Man. Yes. Glad to be back, Zach. I'm so excited that you're back, Joey. <laughs> so DK64 was pretty sweet, I gotta say. Pa- Paul, you gotta put in an obligatory welcome back, Joey, sound effect. Thank you, thank you. Semen. Okay, all right. How do we... we feel? Yeah, okay. I'll Good. take it, Thanks. I'll take it. Thanks, Paul. You, <laughs> Thanks. You, you yeah. can't see it, but I gave Man. you a auditory thumbs up. Or what I call <laughs> saying I give you a thumbs up. <laughs> that's that's actually the truest thing I've ever heard. All right, let's get back into Mega Man. Yes. All right. Well, we've gone through Block Man, Acid Man, Block Man, and Acid Bones Man. Bones. You know your bones around the room. Your bones, man. <laughs> but now I think it's time to. I think it's time to chill. You know, after a long trip like you've had, I think we gotta just chill out and, you know, cool off. Uh, I get it. It's a good... And go right into Tundra Man stage. Yeah. The obligatory Obligatory. I think it is... Actually, there is a law when you're creating a platforming game that at least one level must be... (laughs) Must contain ice physics. Yes, uh... The uh, statute. It's like three point one. It's like (laughs) the pie law. (laughs) (laughs) It's the it's like the part of the Ten Commandments of platforming. Thou shalt have an ice level. (laughs) 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 And Mega Moses came down from the from the from the mountain after talking (laughs) with the E Bush. <laughs> oh man, uh, this has to be a thing. It must be right. <laughs> Somebody has to have done this. Yeah. Oh, uh, but anyway, I'm getting so off track. Um. So yeah. All right. Tundra Man. Tundra Man. So it starts off with the falling snow that leads into basically a warning against other falling things that will be coming throughout this stage. Uh, you know, just a quick, easy, mm-hmm. not to worry about enemy. Just falls in a very straightforward pattern very slowly it's kind of like actually if snow was painful when it fell and hit you which in hindsight and in foresight would be fucking terrible (laughs) i don't get why they have eyeballs because (laughs) yeah they they just watch themselves (laughs) fall to their death (laughs) they can't adjust their course or anything yeah it's like they might as well just be Snowflakes. <laughs> They're just fucking like, okay, um, I hope he falls. Could I wait? No, don't go. No, I missed him. I missed him. <laughs> and then he's just part of the snow again. <laughs> My life is useless. <laughs> it's okay that thanks to robot evaporation, he'll come back again after he becomes robot water and That's vaporizes it into the robot cloud. And then becomes Robot mm-hmm. Snowflake again. Because that's how that works, right? 
Yeah. You know, come to think of it, we are actually in a museum in this level. So we're actually going to... Yeah, it looks like a museum. We're going to be learning a lot about robots and how robots came to be. Just by looking at the background elements in this stage. But that's for a little bit later. Can I just talk about something quickly? No. Oh, okay. Paul, put in some music. Speaking of music, this fucking music is a banger. <laughs> I, I know, uh, yeah. I know oh, most God. of the music in Mega Man games are above par, but for some reason, this song, I've just been like listening to it on repeat on my iPod. My iPod. My, That's awesome. My phone. <laughs> I haven't had an iPod in like a decade. It's funny that you say that because I still use you do? my iPod. My, my iPod wow, now. it still works? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, like, don't use it often. I use it, like, once oh, a man. year. man, <laughs> I miss my old iPod Nano. No, you know what? I'm going to go back to the first yeah. MP3 player I had. It was a fucking Dell MP3 player. It was uh, garbage. Yeah. I had a Dell one, too, I think. 20 Oh, it was fantastic at the time. Almost. Yeah, oh, it was the, my the favorite The coolest thing, thing about it was not only that you could put, like... I could put all of my Weird Al Yankovic songs on there, but it had a backlight, and I could choose whatever song I wanted off of any CD. Yeah. Up to 20 songs, though. And you could make it in random order, shuffle. It's it's fantastic. I didn't have to lug around that gigantic CD player. (laughs) You know, I actually... I think the reason that I wore baggy pants and a lot of cargo pants was because I didn't have enough room to fit my CD player. That's a very legit. I, then, then I just kept wearing cargo pants, and everybody's like, "Why do you wear cargo pants?" I'm like, "I don't know anymore." <laughs> it's just I did it for I was a kid, and then cargo pants to make room for all my activities, <laughs> and then and then things got smaller, and it's like, okay, I guess I could start wearing jeans now. Yeah, I guess. Wow, this got off to a real fucking Whatever. tangent. I know that you're back because I'm fucking torn off course every two seconds now. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sorry, no, that's a good thing. I'd rather we have these interstitials. <laughs> anyway, yeah. the music in the okay, safe to say, music in this song in this fuck in this stage is a banger. And I think that yeah. it actually uh, leads in well to the theming around the double gear system, well with the song and how it's actually uh, laid out. So initially it starts off with one kind of a bait, like a one time signature and it's like very slow, like slow paced, not slow paced, but like slowish paced. And then, yeah, yeah. And then about halfway into it, I swear to God, they say double gear. 
They say something like that. They say like, <laughs> listen to the song. Paul, put in like that, like one clip. fantastic so that yeah it sounds like double gear but i don't know and then it picks up and it's fucking boisterous and like epic and it's just like yeah you're on fire dude you keep moving (laughs) that's it that's it if you're looking for a banger to pipe yourself up when you're going for a run check that out okay so yes as we keep moving on oh my god we're at seven minutes already (laughs) All right, okay. we got okay. Did we we start barely the level started the level. <laughs> We're only going through one level today. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. so there's a map to the building in the background near the beginning of the stage. <laughs> I still haven't gotten past the beginning. Yeah. Um, it just gives you an, <laughs> you are it gives here. you an idea okay. of how broad and big the stage is actually going to be, but mm-hmm. it also lights up and that shit's dope. Anyway. Moving on. So, yeah, the map, the map lights, lights up? up with different locations. Oh, yeah. like Okay. Right, right, right. So, as we mentioned, this is an ice stage, so it, hence it comes with ice mechanics. Don't have to fill you guys in on what that means. But just in case you are on one episode, what, 111 of our podcast and you haven't played a video game with ice physics in it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Same. Sure you did. <laughs> Wink. Yeah. Um. So it just means that you can't stop on a dime anymore when you're walking on platforms. So you, like on regular ice, you will keep moving, yes. even if you do not intend to keep moving. It's regular yes. ice. It's regular ice physics. It's yeah. real world ice physics, which I also hate. As I keep looking outside and see that it's becoming more and more ice physics-y oh outside. God. That's very appropriate to our, our climate right now in Canada. How am I going to go for a run later today? Anyway, coupled with its nasty twin of spike walls and short hop ice platforms, this stage is a a force to be reckoned with. Yes. Not not easy. Not yes. an easy stage. Uh, but as we move through... Um, <clears throat> I noticed that in these Mega Man games, they love to do this this particular layout for a section of a stage where they have a corridor that you can safely wander through, and three-fourths of the screen is taken up by enemies on an upper path that cannot get you on the lower path, so you can actually see how those enemies interact without worrying about them hurting you without having time to react and see what they are. It's a pretty good way to get a player to examine what enemies are coming ahead of them without them jumping in head first it forces them to right. understand the enemies that they're about to face yeah you get to see what's coming exactly you get to see what's coming you're not jumping into it headlong because the ladder up to the other side is all the way you have to walk all the way across so you have to take the time to actually see the enemies and how they interact with each other. So it's a good way to force a player to understand a game mechanic or a, an enemy mechanic. So good job. 
that's a good yeah. thing that they they reuse it a lot, but it's because it's a good way to do it. It's a good way to introduce an element to a to a player. Yeah. Um and then also um like we mentioned before, we're in a museum, right? Yes. So there's um fossils of robot dinosaurs. Yeah. I don't get that. Is that how robots came to Is exist? that yeah, is that how that came to exist? Did robot dinosaurs evolve alongside normal dinosaurs? Also, that brings up a lot of questions. Did somebody from the future build a time machine into the past and introduce evolving robots as dinosaurs? Oh, that's very possible. That would be the craziest. Oh, my God. Is that going to be like Mega Man 18? Where we go and fight like a time-traveling oh. robot like, creator, like Wily's successor, who's like, Wily wasn't thinking big enough. Yeah. I'm going to build robots that evolve in time. That's genius. Has there been, like, time travel in any Mega Man game uh, yet? Not that I can think of. Then again, there's a lot of Mega Man I, games. I so... Yeah, it could be. If we're talking, like, know. X and Mega Man Classic, I don't think so. There are a ton of other Mega Man spinoffs that I'm not aware of, which might bend the rules of time yeah. and space, but I have no idea. Anyway, um, I think that would be a great elevator pitch for a Mega Man game later on. And the best part is you can actually twist up the formula even more by having Mega Man lose. Whoa. Because then it would make sense that this museum exists! Oh my god. Just take my idea, Capcom. Just take it and run! Maybe give me a little bit of royalties. Like that would be nice. That would be great. I could use Just I could credit. use a credit in there. You could put my name as Shark Man. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> I'm getting off track. Um there is a mechanic that is introduced again, uh pretty standard for these icy levels. Um it's heavy you add heavy wind to ice mechanic. Um, because, you know, with the ice, you're going to be flown around anyway. So if you add heavy wind to that, it adds a new uh, level of depth to the amount of slipping and sliding you do. Indeed. And then as the stay, as the section progresses, there's gradual increases in platforming difficulty leading up to an optional final test where if you pass it, you end up getting some extra nuts to buy items. So it's a pretty straightforward, like, here is gradual difficulty increase leading to optional final exam, where if you complete it, you get a reward. (laughs) And if not, then the reward is continuing to play the game. Yeah. Or like a midterm, optional midterm. Exactly. Or you just do the final (laughs) and have it worth 100%. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that's what it means when you get on those spike platforms. (laughs) (laughs) The spike platforms below you are the 100% final. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they will always be 100% final. If if you slip up on the the platform and land into the spikes, that's an F. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, Paul, I need a quick break. I can drink more coffee and keep this energy up. Do you think you can hook me up with a 
14.3 second break. Exactly. Paul, what the hell? That was like two seconds. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, well, anyway, let's just talk about the mini boss here for a minute. Yes, we're at the mini boss. Uh, one of the odder uh, mini bosses I've seen. Um, yeah. A frozen robot mammoth on a sentient pedestal? <laughs> I guess. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it feels like it looks it cool. Feel, it does look cool. It just kind of feels like sometimes they like had a dartboard at the like Capcom offices and just like threw dot darts at adjectives to right. figure out what they were going to make. Yeah, like Mad Libs or something. Yeah, it's like okay, Steve, we're gonna give you a Mad Lib and you filled this out and this is gonna be a mini boss. Yeah, it's like okay, the frozen robot. Mammoth <laughs> with a sentient pedestal that calls down gale storm winds. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell happened to you, man? S- Steve, you need to take a break. You're seeing shit. <laughs> no, it's genius. Put it in. Put it in! <laughs> Man's a genius. <laughs> so, like I briefly alluded to, this whatever it is can call down ice pillars, ice spikes, and call forth a mighty gale wind, and then ram you. Yeah. It all fucking culminates in ramming. (laughs) It's funny because usually the things on platforms like make you have to jump to actually hit the enemy, but this time you just have to hit the platform and not the enemy. Mm-hmm. That is weird. It's like they're they're saying, like, do you have some pent up frustration against platforms? <laughs> do you want us to like help you out with that, bro? Yeah. It's like you don't have to jump this time. Yeah, dude, just destroy the platform this time. It's it, this time's your time, man. The time <laughs> is now. But like, I don't understand why a lot of these platforming games just kind of rely on like at the end of the day. It's like one of the arsenal of these of these people will be ramming into you with their body. Yeah, I'd love for one boss to not have that. Yeah, you ram into it one. Yeah, that why we turn the tables. It's like if you ram into it, it gets hurt. Yeah, turn that shit on its head, game. (laughs) It's a it's a trope that needs to be stopped. Just ramming into... That would be interesting. Right? Yeah, you know what? And it's like, it. you ram into it, it gets hurt, but you can't hurt it any other way. Right. Like, something like that. And it's really good at, like, long-distance, like, shooting and stuff. Exactly! That's a fucking genius idea for a boss or mini-boss. It runs away from you while it's shooting at you from long distance, and the only way you can hurt it is by ramming into it. Yeah. Why don't we just flip the formula, gang? Genius. We're coming up with so many good ideas today. God, if we were only game developers, <laughs> we could actually make money off of these ideas, but no. Let's just save them for our podcast. Yay. Yay. We're sharing them with you guys. And if you are game designers, feel free to take this and run with it for your own indie development. Just remember to quote us as being people. Yeah. 
Extreme. <laughs> no, but seriously, if you are a game developer and you have ideas, you take some of ours. You know, I don't. I love supporting indie developers, and if some of our ideas go into your game, then hell yeah, I'm I'm more than happy for yes. that. And this is all worth it. Just don't give them to the big companies. They don't need it. No. They're fine. <laughs> anyway, that mini boss done. Um, so I want to talk more about the background elements again because we're in a museum and I still can't get over the fact that this is like telling the history of robot evolution. Yeah. Also, like, why do robots have fossils? I don't know, man. But like, there's so immediately after getting out of here, there's like a set of four glyphs, I guess you'd call them. Okay, um, yeah. So it starts off with the square, then it goes to a circle, and then a more ornate-looking circle, and then mm. goes to a like a cave-looking person. Is this the evolution of the robot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that what that is? It just, like, turned into a robot at one point after after just being shapes. I don't know. Or it's like, maybe it's like the parts of a robot coming together. Like, the okay. squares are like like a right. form of nut or something, and nuts and bolts. Yeah. And then the ornate circle is them all kind of coming together to make something nice. And then you have cave robots. <laughs> I think that's how that works. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But let's keep moving on here. Um, as you as keep going here... There's, there's again, heavy wind, ice platforms, spikes, falling objects. You know, again, we're getting past the halfway point. They're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at you, which makes sense. Standard, 100%. Um, But in the back, again, I keep getting distracted by the background elements here. Because there's just, there's cave mets. It's like, (laughs) they have like bodies and shit. Yeah. And they have like, they, they have robot beards. Robot beards? They have, like, robo-beards. What? Like, what is this? I love it. <laughs> Why don't more robots have robo-beards? Like, they did it in Mega Man X, like, in the later games. Like, like why, do right. you, why don't more robots have just robot beards? What? Yeah, or, like, jaw protectors. <laughs> like, I guess that's what they really are. Yeah, come on, that would be great. Just it's a it's a it's a fancied jaw protector. Yeah. And then you could not and then it grows huge the jaw protector and becomes like a fucking shield and then it fights you with the boss. God damn it, we're thinking of more boss ideas. <laughs> no, we're getting so off track. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's keep moving on. Um to this particular room that happens pretty soon after that, which I thought was devious. It's just devious. So so it starts off as an empty room. Inconspicuous enough, there are spikes. So you really... Spikes above a ceiling that are... You can't really jump in, because if you jump, you'll hit the spikes. Yeah. But all of a sudden... Through the hole in the t- in the ceiling, a fucking sniper Joe falls down and then starts yeah. shooting you. And you can't jump. And you can't jump. So, like, what are you gonna do, man? What you have one option? It's two options actually. You have two options. You tank that damage like a motherfucker, or mm-hmm. you turn on your speed gear 
and try and run past it as right. it's falling. Yeah. Or, as the third one, you turn on your power gear and just try and overwhelm the Joe's shield. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Never mind, still, there's a lot of options. Still, he'll still probably get you. One. Oh, he'll get you at least once or twice. Yeah. Your best option is to just speed through it. Yeah. But yeah, that's an interesting dynamic in a way that it forces you to uh, to uh, rethink how you approach these enemies. Because up until this point, you probably have just been jumping over their bullets. Yeah. And now this particular situation is forcing you to say, hey, maybe take a step back, rethink your abilities and options here, because that won't work right now. Yeah. And like your first instinct is probably to jump also. <laughs> Exactly, and then you try jumping and you die, and you're like, "Oh shit, can't do that." So, and then mean. we keep moving, and then we keep moving on. Yeah, uh, but I think that's a really good game element to kind of force players to try something different. It's like right. removing the uh, path of least resistance. Yeah, yeah, and making it so that they'll actually try something new. You gotta be creative. Exactly. I, I love it when it forces you to be creative in solving solutions or solving yeah. problems. Um, and then you keep moving on here and I keep getting distracted by the background elements. Um, but like, seriously, if you keep looking at the elements that happen throughout the, the stage itself, it's telling you a story or something about how robots evolved into where they are today. Mm hmm. Which is insanity. Again, it goes back to the thing we were talking about at the beginning. Like, did someone go into the past and plant these robot, like, these robots that can evolve alongside actual dinosaurs, and then they just followed the same evolutionary pattern as we did? Who Which knows? is crazy. Maybe they're, like, alluding to some sort of, or foreshadowing to some sort of uh, plot point. Maybe. Or, ooh, or maybe, that's a good point, actually, on the plot point thing. Maybe in Mega Man 18, when they use this plot thread, um, there is an issue where there are no more animals or something. There's, like, an extinction of animals coming on. So okay. to solve the problem, they've decided to create evolutionarily adaptable robot animals oh. that that go alongside the normal animals and can maybe survive a bit better to not cause the extinction of the other animals? Could be. I don't know. That would be one hell of a stretch. Yeah. But that's what you come here for. That's why you guys listen to this podcast, right? For just random shit tangents that come out of my (laughs) brain hole. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's... That's what we've been doing since episode one. Actually, maybe not episode one. (laughs) Anyway. Paul, I need to reminisce for a minute. Can you put in the reminiscing music while I take a sip of my coffee? Wow.
Ah! <laughs> Feel better, Zach? Much. Much better. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to it. We're almost done with the stage anyway. So let's talk about the last area that we get into here, which is a very interesting twist on the platforming elements. Um, mm-hmm. Where normally the platforms are, you know, platforms and not gigantic <laughs> columns of ice that have been carved into a platform. Right. So it's combining this reverse platform creation with heavy winds. So when I say reverse platform creation, again, normally it's just empty space and then platform. Now it's a, it's an abundance of platform with the empty space being the platform. Right. Almost like a maze in a way or something. Exactly. It is like a platforming maze because there's only certain areas that you can jump into and you have to time it correctly and actually, you know, not freak out and just keep going with the flow. Um, And you have to make sure that the wind is at your back because a lot of these jumps are impossible to do without the wind. Right. Um, But it's a nice way to kind of reverse the expectation of platforming because it is still platforming, but it's changing out that empty space and the dynamic of you in it. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Okay, because it, it sounded like it didn't make sense in my own head, so as long as it makes sense in your head, then we're <laughs> It makes sense good. to me because I already know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, okay, well, so there are these things called columns. And, no, never mind. Um, if you have a question about my teaching methodology, don't, because I'm not a teacher. But second... Oh. You can email us at it's the extreme at gmail.com. That's I T S T H E X S T R E A M at gmail.com and send me a like course syllabus that I can memorize and forget about <laughs> in the first 10 seconds of the episode. Yeah. Or just play Mega Man 11 and you'll see what we're talking about. Probably better idea. More fun, <laughs> I would say. Um, speaking of fun, let's talk about Fundra Man. Yeah. It's um, so. As I as I entered, Mr. Fundraman said, "It's showtime! I'm like a I'm like a rose frozen in ice." Yeah, v- very fabulous entrance. Yes, uh, with the spotlights and the uh, the bravado, I like it. Um, mm-hmm. and he's like an ice skater almost. Exactly. Uh, so. Most of the attacks that Tundra Man does are skating related. So he'll skate around the room instead of running. Um, you know, replacing ramming into you with pirouettes. <laughs> you know, ice skating, all that. Um, lot, a lot of spins. A lot of, I don't know, is it a 900 or something? Do they call it something different in skating? Uh, yeah, nine, a 900? That makes sense. I don't know. Is it like a triple axle? Is that a thing? Uh, that sounds like yeah, a yeah. thing. Probably triple axle. Maybe. Axel is probably 360 degrees. Then that makes or, sense. Or then. 180. Maybe 180. Yeah, actually, I don't know. I, I got to look up what an Axel is. I just know about it on a car, and then it was a Mega Man character later on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not not in that order, but... Um, so then it also has the, the uh, double gear attack, but this one focuses on speed, obviously. Uh, so they spread across the screen, culminating in a column of ice that um, takes up a 
maybe about a third of the screen. So all in all, it's a pretty straightforward fight. You just need to be able to be on your toes, so to speak, and uh, dodge out of the way when necessary. Um, Nothing too out of the ordinary. And then Tundra Man is shattered. Yeah. And you get his attack. You get the Tundra Storm. Which is awesome. That's a pretty cool name for an attack. Um, But I think it's about that time. You want to say it? But, uh, you, you can, you can no, say it. No, you say it. No, you say it. No, you say it. You say it. No, That's no, no, you, you say it. You say it. No, you say it. Say, say it at the same time, okay? No, no, no. Okay, okay. One, two. Wicked. One, two. One, two. I'm two. nervous. I'm nervous. It's okay. We got it. We got this. Good. Wait, wait, wait. One, <laughs> two. two, three. Internet backstory for Tundra yeah. Man. Tundra Man is a robot who appears in Mega Man 11. He was originally created by Dr. Cossack as a surveillance robot designed to monitor environmental changes in some of the Earth's coldest regions. He led a lonely life, though, and after watching an ice skating championship on television, he was inspired to become a professional figure skater. Wow. Uh, well, y- yes. And uh, while under maintenance at Light's lab, he was stolen and outfitted with a speed gear and uh, told to take over the and take took over the museum. Um, his personality, being an ice skating robot, Tundra Man is a, v- a very flashy and likes to show off his moves, constantly dancing even while he's fighting Mega Man. Like many of the other robot masters, Tundra Man enjoys making puns based off of his elemental powers. Now let's read the uh, the data file that comes when uh, you beat Tundra Man in Mega Man 11. Though Tundra Man was designed for land development and exploration in polar climates, he found a new obsession for the first time he saw a TV ice skating championship. Since then, he has spent long years perfecting incredible ice skating techniques out on the polar ice flats. But since his audience is generally huskies, polar bears, and seals, he doesn't get many reviews. Tundra Man had a tougher, tougher looking exterior when he was first sent to the North Pole, but he made some modifications to suit his graceful passion of ice skating. To him, the fact that his dazzling moves have been locked away at the North Pole and never witnessed is a crisis on the scale of global warming. Tundra Man eagerly awaits the day when he can show the world his exquisite skills. Very nice. Okay. 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 Is this an allegory? Is this an allegory for transgenderism? Um. Is it? Is it? I don't know. It, it is twenty nineteen. It it is, and it was. This was created in twenty seventeen. Okay. Um. Right. Yeah. When that was, yeah. when that was, you know, popping up in the cultural uh, zeitgeist. Um. I don't know. Am I looking too deep into this? Um, it started off it, just from the data file itself. This particular line, 
Tundra Man had a tougher-looking exterior when he was first sent to the North Pole, but made some modifications to suit his graceful passion of ice skating. It seems... It kind of sounds like that. I guess. It could be. Not or a, maybe, like... I don't know. It could mean whatever you want it to mean. I don't know. I don't mean it in any particular way. It just seems like the way they're describing it, it, it kind of sounds like that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, again, maybe I'm looking too deep into it, which is entirely possible. I am a thousand percent sure that I'm looking too deep into it because my life is spent looking too deeply into video games, <laughs> but, finding meaning where there but, is none. Know, that's it. And then just. That's the point. But that, that is the point of the yeah. podcast. Um, what else do we got here? Tundra Man's mugshot in the uh, level select screen is one of the few that actually breaks outside of the boundaries of the uh, the stage select ah, itself. Interesting tidbit. So the hair actually falls outside of the bounds of the the character right. portrait, which is interesting. Um, that's all I actually have for. That's actually all I have for, for Tundra Man's Internet Backstory. Internet Backstory. Cool beans. Uh, well, that was quite the long episode. I don't actually think we're going to have time to do another uh, stage. So we'll pick that up next week. Yeah. But th- I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm glad to have you back, Joey. Seriously. I'm glad to be back, Zach. It was weird without <laughs> you. I don't like talking to I myself. Thought, I'm I not good at good. that. But, yeah. Thanks, buddy. You're too kind. You know. Did you bring me back some pad thai? At I least? did, but I ate it already. I'm sorry, Zach. It was just uh, too good. That's okay. Thank you guys again for listening. I really, really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. If you want to message us, email us. Uh, feel free to do so at it's the extreme at gmail.com. That's I T S T H E X S T R E A M at gmail.com. I love hearing from every single one of you. It makes my day. So on that note, I think I need to pause. What?